illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beege. You're supposed to say, Beege, how are you doing today? Well, how are you doing? Pretty freaking shitty, Billy. <laughs> True, I know that feeling. <laughs> you, you, you know, I was I was actually pondering this on my when I was driving home uh, this evening, and I I was thinking, you know, I the Ducks deserve to win Civil War. Yes. They played a better game. Okay. Agreed. That being said. We didn't play very well. And I don't think the Ducks are that good, but, but we didn't play very well. Now, now, I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win the game. They deserved to win the game. They played a better game. But better is far from being the best. I, I, I and, agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, we, we played a, a good second half. We played a terrible first half. And... You know, there were years before uh, when the Ducks cheated a lot worse than they do now when they dominated the games. And I don't feel that they dominated this game at all. I feel like we we were probably our, our biggest problem in the game. It wasn't them. So anyway, that was my my that was my pondering when I was driving here today. Right on. I just didn't, I just didn't, I, like I said, better is far different. You know, two teams, there's, there's a team that's better, that plays better, but it doesn't mean you're a good team. It just means you played better. And, um, from what I saw, I don't know. And, and again, it's maybe it's hopeful wishing because I am a big Utah fan this weekend. So uh, same here. Yeah. Go Utes. Go Utes. Yeah. 
as my little friend in Utah says, the Utahs. He roots the for the he roots for the Utahs and for the Beavers. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Junior out there in Salt Lake City. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Do I know Junior? You don't know Junior. Okay. But anyways, he just he he likes he he really likes me, so that's why he roots for the Beavers. But he also uh-huh. roots, but he mainly roots for the Utahs. Okay. All right. Well, and and rightfully so, they're a damn good team. Yeah. Uh, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and fun every week. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any other podcatcher. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Beej, I just want to apologize for my voice today. I was going to say, you're sounding a little hoarse. Yeah, I don't. I just got a little thing in my throat. I don't know what it is. I, it, it's just, I, I can't clear my throat right now. I'm, I feel fine there, other than that. There are so many things I can say. I know. As soon as I said it, I knew. As soon as I said that, I knew what was going to Exactly. I set myself up, but yeah, my my throat was a little was a little uh, raw yesterday. Just. It just felt just it wasn't uh, sore. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, I just I didn't I don't have a sore throat, but it just felt a little not right. And this morning it was kind of like that again, but I've just had this phlegm in my throat and I just can't clear it out. So and that ain't that ain't phlegm. <clears throat> so we're just gonna have to try and suffer through it. Yeah, I don't have a cough or anything. It's just there. All right, Beach. I love uh, you. You're ignoring me. I'm completely <laughs> ignoring you. I'm good at it. Just ask my wife. All right, Beach. First up, we have some listener email. Ooh. Uh, I love it when our listener writes in. Yes, well, this one was from Dano. And actually, it came in yesterday uh, before the game. I actually saw it when we were sitting in Otson on Saturday. But I couldn't – I opened it, but the reception was so cruddy, I couldn't get the pictures that were yeah, associated it was, it was, with it. It was, yeah, it was tough in Otson. Yeah, so so I didn't. So I wasn't able to see it until, until uh, today. And I looked at it, and so he sent us a picture. Okay. Okay, here, I'm going to open it up so I can look at the picture right now. Dano. Wasn't a nude, was it? No, no, no. He wants to so, see that, Dano. So uh, Dano's email, email reads, This shirt hangs in my closet as it still sees the light of day, if only for one day a year. Glad that a member of the student council slash MUPC Red Mad magazine as a kid. Have a great time, Eugene, and hoping for something positive for you all to chat about on the podcast this week. Well, We've always got fun things to chat about, but this shirt beach. So on the front, the front, it kind of looks like the John Belushi shirt from Animal House. Where it just where he's sitting drinking a beer, drinking out of the bottle. Yeah. And it just says college. Uh-huh. But between all the letters are real small letters that say rivals. So between the C and the O is R. Between the O and the I is or when the L is I, between the L and the L is V. So it says college, and then these leather letters sit right kind of below it between the letters. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then I, I looked at it, and I can see what it happens. So I had to write him back, and I said, okay, what do the sleeves say? Is it the sleeves that are laid together? And he said, yes, it is. He goes, one sleeve says, quote, fury that's due, and the other sleeve says, attack the ducks. Okay. Now, did you ever read Mad Magazine as a kid uh, when when you're a kid, Beach? A little bit. I mean, Alfred E. Newman and all that kind okay. of stuff. Okay. What would happen with the back cover of the oh. of it? 
Oh, you would fold the you'd fold the back cover together, and it would make a different different picture image, right? When you folded it in half, yeah, when you fold like it, fold in, it in thirds. I you think. fold it in thirds, and so you bring yeah. You, I think it maybe is in quarters, but you bring okay. the the left side over to the right side, and they would meet up. Yes. And the image would change, so there'd be one image on the whole thing, and then you'd fold them together, so you have the left half and the right half, and it would make a different picture, right? So what does this do? So when you put it together, Fury That's Due and Attack the Ducks turns into the Ducks. That's awesome. It's awesome, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, and everyone knows what it was because I just had to bleep that part right there. But you can tell what it says. So it's great. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. F-U-C-K and then T-H and E and D-U-C-K-S. Wow. So you get the F-U from Fury, the T-H from That's, and the D-U from Do. And, and does this show up when you're wearing the shirt? I mean, or do you have to hold your, do you have to hold you have the to put the two. You have way? to put the two sleeves together. Okay, okay. Yeah. And you can do that when you're standing with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. He also said, it's special to me as it was my first OSU game I went to, the 1998 double OT game we won, 44-41, to knock you oh. a bowl out of the Rose Bowl. So. It's just, it's, we could have done that again, but yeah, I know. I, Utah will do it for us. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, but anyways, yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool. I, I saw that there, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty dang neat. So. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Dano, for not sending a nude. Yep. 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 If you're sending, if you have a nude, Dano, send it to Beach. <laughs> Beach. Beach. Uh, I don't need uh. that. All right, Beach, ready to get into some Beaver sports news? Yes. All right, Beads. Well, we'll start off with a little volleyball. They're done, aren't they? Well, after this weekend. Oh, what a disappointment. Well, Beads, the Oregon State Volleyball earned its third straight victory over Arizona State with a four-set win over the Sun Devils on Wednesday afternoon in front of Beaver Nation. Holy crap. Senior Maddie Goings led the Beads with a season-high 21 kills, hitting 320 and a career-high 25 digs. I hope somebody took a Polaroid. And then on Friday evening in front of Beaver Nation Beach, the Beavs concluded its 21 campaign, falling to number 19 Oregon in straight sets. Freaking A. Now, before the match, Oregon State honored its three seniors in Maddie Goings, Grace Massey, and Lindsay Shell for their historical and unforgettable careers as Beavs. All three of them have etched their names in the record books and will forever be remembered. Massey became the all-time Diggs record holder with 2,174. Goings climbed up to 7th on the all-time kill record holder with 1,299. And Shell was 12th on the record list with 331 career blocks. Oregon State finished the season 5-25 and overall, 3-17 and in the Pac-12. Wow. Yep. Amazing to have that many, that strong of record holders and still not have a, a positive season. It, it's tough. Well, we just, you know, the Pac-12 is so deep in that sport, it's impossible. Hmm. So. so, all righty. Well, congratulations to them and congratulations on the one victory. Yep. Yeah, they, they got one over the weekend. 
Herbage, yeah. next up. I didn't get any. I didn't get any over the weekend. No, so <laughs> next up, Beach. Win. Uh, excuse me, men's soccer. Alrighty. Oh, how are they? They're in uh, the playoffs now, aren't they? That is correct, Beach. They actually played tonight. The game just got over less than an hour ago. Ooh, and and. Well, the number one seeded Oregon State Beavers took on the number sixteen seeded New Hampshire on Sunday night. And they defeated New Hampshire one to nothing. Nice. Yeah. Now the Beavs scored in the tenth minute and held on for the win to move to the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. Holy crap. Yeah. Hey, so so what happens in a playoff if they tie? Uh they can't tie. It'll 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 go to sudden death. Then why in the hell don't they do that for the rest of the season? Well, because they still because they're a bunch of pansy-ass pussies is what they are. Well, they can't do it in the playoffs because they have to have a winner so to see who moves on. But it doesn't uh, make any sense. Well, but uh, uh, I kind of agree with you, but that's the sport of soccer. Yeah, yeah, just stupid. Well, but it's not like they score a bazillion points in soccer. I understand. Right? It's but not like there's a ton of goals scored. No, so, I understand, but it doesn't mean that games shouldn't end with a winner and a loser you know if everybody gets a trophy why are you having the sport well but there's uh, it's the regular season and i know like in in soccer and in hockey you know points are awarded so you know wins worth so many points a tie is worth so many points loss obviously isn't worth points so So it's like nascar kind of yeah but but nascar is a winner every week Okay, but don't you get points for second, third, and fourth place so you can stay in the game? I think so, because there's like that points chase at the end or something. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't watch NASCAR. I don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't care about competitive <laughs> racing turning left. So, Well, that's a nice left turn there. Wow, impressive left turn. Another nice left turn. All right, um, so with that win, Beach, the Beavs will play at home again this coming weekend. And at this time as we're recording, it'll be either Friday or Saturday against Clemson. So the game's against Clemson, but I don't know um, who or uh, when, when it will be. And I'm checking updates now, and it doesn't say. Okay. So, so it'll be one more, one more game at home, and then the winner of that game will move on to the final four, which will be, I think, did we say it was in North Carolina? Yeah, I think we did, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's exciting. I mean, just getting to this level is pretty cool. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Let's see. Next up, Beach, a little bit of wrestling news. Okay. Well, Beach, um, Oregon State's wrestling duel against number one Iowa was rescheduled for Sunday. Why for, which, Billy? Which was today. Because they were having difficulties traveling to Iowa. And then on Sunday, it was canceled. So did they get to Iowa and no, they canceled? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they were able to get there. Was it uh, air? Uh, I don't weather? know. the The press release didn't say. Wow, that's it just odd. said had to cancel due to traveling difficulties en route to Iowa. Hmm. So yeah, are, are, they, are they still canceling a lot of flights? Is American or whatever? I haven't heard of any that I have seen. Yeah. Um. I you know it started with Southwest and then it was mm-hmm. American. It's been a few different airlines. Never. Quite, oddly enough, never multiple airlines at once. Usually just one airline. Yeah. 
just crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, you think the other ones? You think the other ones will learn from the first one? Maybe well, we should do this. Yeah, just odd. Um, next yeah. up, Beeves. The Beeves will take on. Will be uh, in action December third and fourth at the Cliff Keen Invitational in Las Vegas. In what what uh, what week? This coming weekend. Oh really? December third and fourth okay. at the Cliff Keen Invitational in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Our beach next up is a little bit of women's basketball. Alrighty, Billy. How is the women's basketball team doing? Well, Beach, the number sixteen Oregon State women's basketball team dropped a hard fought game sixty one to fifty two to number 12 Michigan Friday evening at the Daytona Beach Invitational in Daytona Beach, Florida. Kennedy Brown recorded her first double-double of the season, going for 12 points and 10 rebounds and four blocks. Taylor Corsdale pulled down 11 rebounds to go with four assists and two seals. Then, Beach, on Saturday, an impressive Beaver comeback came up just short as the women came from nearly 22 points down before falling to Notre Dame 64-62 to again in Daytona Beach. The Beavs had a chance to tie or take the lead in the closing seconds of the fourth quarter, but were unable to convert. In that game, Taylor Van Olthofen scored 23 over 25 points in the second half to power the comeback bid. She went 4 for 5 from long range in the final two quarters. Taylor Jones put up a double-double with 14 points and 11 rebounds to go along with three blocks. The Beavs are now 3-2 and two and will be back in Gill on Wednesday for an 11 a.m. tip versus Pacific as OSU hosts its annual Beavers Beyond the Classroom game. Oh, so Pacific out of Forest Grove? Maybe. I'm not sure if it's Pacific out of Forest Grove or Pacific out of California. Let me look. Uh, University of the Pacific out of Stockton. Okay. All right, Beach. Uh, you ready for some men's basketball? Sure. If you haven't told, if you haven't noticed, Beach, other than men's soccer, it was not a good weekend for Oregon State athletics. It's not sounding like it. No. Aldon, I'll, I'll. Alondis Williams scored seven of his game-high 24 points in overtime, and Wake Forest held off Oregon State 80-77 Friday night in the first round of the Emerald Coast Classic down in, Cal- or down in Florida. Wake Forest came into the game having shot 50% or better in five straight games, and they managed to knock down 55.4% in the first half against the Beavs to build a 19-point lead at the break. The Demon Deacons led by 20, 55-35, after Jake Lor- after Jake Laravia scored on a fast break with 16.06 left. But then the, Be- the Deacons went cold from the field, shooting just 28% in the second half. Oregon State roared back, taking the lead with five minutes left on a jump hook in the lane by Rodrigue Andela. But Beach, Jared Lucas missed a three-pointer attempt at the buzzer for Oregon State. Ugh. Yep, which would have tied the game again. And then Beach on... Saturday at the Emerald Close Classic, Penn State closed out the first half with a 14-1 run and cruised past Oregon State 60-45 in the third-place game. Mm. Jared Lucas led Oregon State with 11 points. The Beavs missed their last 11 shots of the first half during a 2-minute and 20-second stretch, and Penn State took advantage of the scoring drought by Oregon State by closing out the first half with a 14-run run to enjoy a 29-17 halftime lead. The one, yep, the one and six Bs are now take on Cal on December second, and I don't believe that's a uh, conference game. Okay. I think that's an out of conference game against Cal. Okay, just like a fill-in game. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, once you dig yourself that big of a hole, it's hard to come back. It's hard to come back. Yeah. 
Completely. All right, Beach. we also have a little bit of football news. Okay. Oregon State football coach Donathan Smith agreed to a six-year contract that takes him through the 2027 season. Smith and OSU Athletic Director Scott Barnes agreed to a new deal last week. The dollar figure is undisclosed, but Barnes said Smith's, quote, salary will move up appreciably in terms of the Power Five and into the middle of the Pac-12. Just so you know, Beach, Smith is the lowest paid Power Five. Was. Was. was was the, the, The lowest paid Power Five coach. What now, um, was his contract due to expire, or did they renegotiate? Um, they it, it had a couple more years left, or a year or two left, I think. But yeah, mm. this extends them out. Now, a source said Smith's new deal will average more than four million a year over the life of the contract, so it will steadily gain. Mm-hmm. So by the end, it'll be more than four million, but it'll make it basically four million dollars a year. Gotcha. So Smith's twenty twenty one salary is two point five million. He's the lowest paid head football coach among Power 5 coaches this season. For for uh, example's sake, do you know what uh, what Christo, Cristobal makes? Let's see, last year he agreed to a six-year salary worth $27.3 million. So? $4.5 million a year. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's moving up from 2.7 to 4.3. He did Got last it. year. So here, do you want to know what the Pac-12 salaries are? Yeah, let's let's go through that. It's interesting, interesting little. Thing. So top top to bottom or bottom to top. So you want to still, you want to do a bottom to top, and this sure. is for this year. And this, so okay. and understand too, this is before coaches were fired. Okay. 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 So bottom was Jonathan Smith at two point four. Okay. Next was Arizona's Jed Fish at two point seven. Although this was his first first year, I think. Not a very good one at that. Number ten. Was Washington State's Nick Rolovich, who's now gone, who was at three million. Three million to live out on the Palouse, man. You're living like a freaking king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Washington State's Jimmy Lake, who was terminated, is at three million. Think of that. Same, it's the same amount to live in Seattle versus the Palouse. Yeah. Colorado's Carl Durrell, three point two million. Cal's Justin Wilcox, 3.6. Arizona State's Herm Edwards, 3.9. Now we got the top five. Mario Cristobal from Oregon at 4.4. Number four, USC's Clay Helton was at 4.8 million. He was terminated. Number three, Kyle Whittingham, 5.2 million. And he's with? Utah. Utah, okay. Number two, Chip Kelly at 5.6 million. million. And number one, eight point nine million, David Shaw. Really? Yeah. Damn, he makes good money for Stanford, doesn't he? Now it so said this uh, this figure is actually from the twenty nineteen calendar year, and re- and it represents a significant one time bump from usual from Shaw's usual compensation. He usually approaches five million annually. Okay. So, so wait, is this a bonus or something? A bonus year? Cashed in some stuff. Well, options. some something, yeah. So he makes $5 million, so he's still one of the top, but so it says there's that there. Okay. Okay. What's, is, defined, what's defined as Power 5? So that's the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC. Wow. So he was on the bottom of all of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's see. Oh, it doesn't really say. Okay. 
Um, oh, this isn't a good graph. So it says Shaw's salary is about 200000 more annually than the second highest paid coach. Big 10. Michigan's Jim Harbaugh makes over $8 million annually, $1 million more than the next highest paid coach. Ohio State's Ryan Day and Wisconsin's Paul Christ are paid $2 million less. So this isn't a great graph. Makes you wonder, though, what their, uh, what their um, secondary coaches make. Yeah, you know, because right. that would be another interesting thing to look at is who, how the budgets are broken down. Yeah, yeah. Well, how much, how much <clears throat> does the how much how much revenue does their whole uh, coaching staff take? Well, and that's part of what uh, this negotiation that Smith went through. In addition, Oregon State's adding to the assistant coaches' salary pool, plus the ability to raise salaries for football support personnel. So the assistant coaching salary pool was three point seven five million for the 2021 season. Mm -hmm. So they're getting more money to put up there. Plus for the support personnel. So these are the people that aren't directly coaches. Gotcha. Um, Barnes didn't reveal the new assistant coach's salary pool number, but said the increase was significant. Now new to Smith's contract is also a salary pool for football staffers like director of operations and recruiting and the like Smith's buyout was also increased but Barnes declined to give a figure. Smith's new contract also includes financial emergency language, which has become a standard fare because of the pandemic. So if something else happens that affects their financial, mm -hmm. if something happens with the athletic department financially, things can kick in that will lower what he's, what he's due. Gotcha. Which is understandable because if you, if you can't play, you can't bring the revenue in. Correct. Correct. Money has to change. Correct. Yeah. No, understood. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, look, I want, I mean, I still wonder how much revenue they lost last year and this year, yeah. you know, last year with no attendance in, in the stadiums. And then this year with, um, reduced with probably, yeah, 50%, mm -hmm. you know, kind, kind of makes you wish with the fact what was going on last year, they should have done the research model last year. Probably didn't have it ready, but no. damn, it would have been more convenient. Oh yeah. 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 So. Yeah, somebody asked me, they're like, oh, I'm sure you're getting excited for the new stadium. I'm like, next year when I don't even know where I'm going to sit and we had to say goodbye to half of our friends that we've sat next to for the last 15 to 20 years? Yeah. No. No, I'm not. So I don't want to go to the new side. I don't want to stare at the sun for the first couple of games if they're midday games. And I don't want to sit that far away from the field. I agree. Yeah. I'm not, not, not looking forward to it, but anyway, it is what it is. All right, Billy. Hey, Billy. Yeah, Beach. You hear that? I do. Hold on here. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Las Vegas, Nevada. That's weird. Las Vegas, Nevada Center for Infectious Diseases put out a warning statement on Sunday requesting all sex workers to use safe practices this next weekend as there are expected to be a tremendous number of sporting fans coming in from a region with extreme rates of venereal disease, including syphilis, gonorrhea, and uh, herpes. They said it is recommended not to entertain anyone who is wearing green and fi if financial reasons require you to take to... Uh, to entertain, to entertain such clients, it is suggested to double wrap before you tap. 
and at no time should you raw dog. <laughs> best rule, the best rule is if it looks like a duck, do not f <laughs> And this has been your Heiner Tailgater update from Vegas. <laughs> nice, Peach. Thank you, thank you. So, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens down there. I can see, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hopeful. <laughs> Is that the best way to put it? Is that the best way yeah, to put I'm it? Hoping, I'm just hoping those, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping those sex workers stay safe down there. So, uh, because God knows, you know, they they stay clean. They don't want to get dirty from the from the clients. So, I I don't blame them. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. Yeah freaking dirty ducks anyway damn dirty um, ducks <laughs> well beach with that are we ready to go under for the review for week number 13 in the pack 12 after further review the runner did cross the line the Touchdown. yes all right beach i've got our things going into this you were kicking both kyle and my ass at to 50 out of 68. Kyle and I were tied for 40 out of 68. Okay. And the first game was, we had two games on Friday. Let's see. First up was Colorado at Utah. And all of us, even you, matched with me and we picked Utah. All of us did. Utah quarterback Cameron Rising threw three touchdown passes. Tavion Thomas ran for 142 yards and a score. And number 16, Utah, beat the Buffs 28-13. The Utes rushed for 265 yards and held Colorado to 148 yards of total offense. Rising was 14-23 of for 179 yards passing. And T.J. Pledger added 103 yards on the ground. Colorado's so Brandon was Lewis was harassed all game and finished with just 84 yards passing, going 9 for 23 with four sacks. Wow. So what was the final score? 28 to 13. Okay. Because it looked like, I think at halftime when I saw the update, it was fairly close, surprisingly close. But from the sounds of it, it does statistics-wise, it doesn't sound like Colorado's able to do much. Yeah. No, they hmm. weren't. They weren't. So. Okay. Well, and then just um, over the weekend, Colorado got rid of their offensive coordinator. So they'll be looking for new offense. And just they have the worst offense in the uh, Pac-12. So kind of like we got rid of our defensive coordinator, they dumped their offensive coordinator. Yep. And I didn't realize that their uh, quarterback's coach is Danny Langsdorf, who was the offensive coordinator under Riley. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, I didn't realize he was the uh, quarterback's coach there. Wow. He's got to be getting up there then, doesn't he? Well, he's my age. Thanks. Wow. Well, you know, you're getting close to a half a century. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> all right, Beach. So we all got the win there. Up next was UW or Washington State at Washington. And we were all, all praying, praying and hoping and dreaming uh, that Wazoo would pull this one off. But we no, all we we're hoping that Washington, Washington pulled off. Oh yeah, that's right. We we're all hoping Washington pulled it off. That's right. I'm sorry, my bad. 
and we were hoping, we were praying, we were keeping our fingers crossed, but the Huskies failed us. Washington State running back Max Borgie rushed for 129 yards and two TDs, and Washington State handed Washington a 40-13 to defeat in the Apple Cup on Friday night. The Cougs snapped a seven-game losing streak to the rivals, picking up their first win in the series since 2012, and a first at Husky Stadium since 2007. Now, the 27-point margin of victory topped the previous high of 26 points when Washington State won 52-26 to in 1973, a game also played in Seattle. Jaden Delora for Wazoo hit 21 of his first 22 pass attempts and finished 27 of 32 for 245 yards. Dean Janikowski kicked four field goals for Washington State as well. Now, Washington started highly touted freshman quarterback Sam Heward for the first time this season as Dylan Morris was relegated to spectator for the season finale. Now, fans have been calling for Heward as the offensive struggles have continued for the Dogs all season. Now, Heward was put into a tough position, and his performance masses and experience. He threw four interceptions, the last one a deflection that should have been caught, and was actually returned 28 yards for a touchdown. Washington capped their worst season going 4-8 and eight overall, which is their worst season since going winless in 2008. Wow. Yep. On another note, for Washington State, the victory locked up the head coaching position permanently for interim coach Jake Dickert, who was named the permanent head coach on Saturday. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm surprised. They they didn't miss a beat when he took over. I no. Mean, no. So maybe he's maybe he's got what it takes. Maybe they just got a lot of talent there. I don't know, but Wazoo. Well, with that I'm, kind of I mean, shakeup, taking over – and having those last five games and going three and two and mm-hmm. playing Oregon tough. Yeah. And, know. and essentially going in number two in the PAC 12 North. So yeah, they ended up number two in the PAC 12 North. That's, that's not shabby at all. Yeah. Especially when I mean, they weren't expected, they weren't expected to do that well, even with their, with their primary coach, were they? I don't know where they were picked to start the season, but uh, you know, uh, probably not third. Yeah. I'm sure it was Oregon, Washington, Stanford were probably top three. Probably, yeah. yeah. So were we picked for six? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So and ended up third, so that's pretty good. No, not bad. And and uh and overall not and not too bad I think over the Pac twelve overall either, correct? Yeah. 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 Uh, probably dead last, if not eleventh. All right, Beach, so none of us got the win there. Next up, all the rest of the games were on Saturday. First up, Arizona at Arizona State for the Territorial Cup. Ooh, and we all picked Arizona State because we are not morons. <laughs> no, we are not. Well, Beach, Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels accounted for three touchdowns. Jack Jones returned an interception, 87 yards for a touchdown. And Arizona State beat rival Arizona 38-15 to on Saturday. Not, not as uh, not as widespread as I would expect it to be. No. The Sun Devils won in a blowout a year ago, but needed a big second half in the rematch to pull away. Remember last year they won like 70-7? to seven? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniels threw for two touchdowns and ran for a 48-yard score, and Jones capped it with a second big play of the game. Now, the Territorial Cup will remain in Tempe with the Sun Devils, which is this will be their longest win streak in the series since taking nine straight from 66-73. to 73. 
Mm. Now, the Wildcats did move the ball well in the first half, and Will Prummer had a career day at quarterback, throwing for 346 yards and a touchdown. Now, the question of whether, Beach Herm Edwards will continue as Arizona State's head coach was answered on Sunday. Athletic director Ray Anderson told the team that Edwards will be back after the Sun Devils won their fifth straight against Arizona and that Edwards isn't retiring either. Now, a lot of this goes back to Beach because the NCAA this spring began investigating Arizona State for possible recruiting violations after the coronavirus pandemic hit in 2020. Arizona State placed three assistants on administrative leave this last summer. Now, sources mm-hmm. have said that part of the investigation involves Arizona State hosting prospects during the recruiting dead period, which lasted from March 2020 to June 1, 2021. FBS programs were prohibited from having recruits on campus during that period. Several sources in the Pac-12 have said that Arizona State also faces allegations about recruiting practices that occurred when the dead period ended, including improper contact with prospects at an off-campus recurring camp in June. Is that normally a dead period, or was it a dead period because of the virus? Well, it's it's a, there are dead periods that happen, plus the dead period because of the virus. Okay. So, yeah. And I don't mean to sound stupid. Could it have been a misunderstanding, or do you think it was intentional? Well, I mean, if they brought guys onto campus, that was completely intentional. Yeah, I mean not knowing that there was a change, but you would think that they would know when the rules are, but they should. And if not, there's supposed to be compliance officers there that are watching all that stuff. Okay. To make sure those things don't happen. We all got the win there. And it looks like Herm Edwards will be back next year. Well, I mean, you know, if, uh, well, they don't have Nike tattooed on their ass because if it was Oregon, you know, they'd probably lose, I don't know, probably get fined like a thousand dollars. So, but being said, they're not Oregon. They'll probably get the hammer thrown down on them and lose like 10 scholarships. So anyway. Well, Beach, next up, Notre Dame at Stanford. Ooh, this one was an interesting game. Um, We all picked Notre Dame. How'd that one go? Well, Beach, Notre Dame finally gave up a touchdown on Saturday night, but it wasn't nearly enough for Stanford to make it a game as the Irish chopped down the trees 45 to 14. Now, for all intents and purposes, the game was over before halftime. Notre Dame's defense was suffocating for most of the game, and Stanford barely cracked 46 yards after two quarters. Wow. Notre Dame started the scoring with a 16-yard touchdown pass from Jack Cohn to a much faster-looking Braden Lindsay to cap five-play, 75-yard drive. On Notre Dame's next possession, tight end George Tackett's finally found the end zone for the first time in a couple of years to put the Irish up 14 to nothing, less than a minute into the second quarter. And it was just never close from there. Hmm. Yep. Stanford was just not good this year. No, no. Uh, sad, but yeah. Yep. I just can't believe they shut down their offense that, that much. I mean, yep. that just – shoot. Anyway, okay. Well, so Stanford fell to the bottom of the barrel. Correct. Um, and uh, next up was what, BYU at USC? Yes, BYU at USC Beach, and we all so we all won at Notre Dame. We all mm-hmm. took BYU. Yes, we did. Yep, BYU's Jackson McChesney's seven-yard TD run with 3:57 remaining and a red zone stop during the final minute propelled the Cougs to a 35-31 win over the Trojans. Now BYU had a 15-point lead in the third quarter, 
but USC scored 18 consecutive points to take the lead. BYU trailed 31-28 with 11.03 remaining after Jackson Dart's 10-yard touchdown pass to Gary Bryant Jr. and a two-point conversion. The Cougars drove down to the USC 39-yard line on the ensuing possession, but Hall was picked off in the end zone by Kalen Bullock. BYU then forced USC to go three and out and got the ball back at its 38 before going 62 yards in six plays, culminating in McChesney's TD. Now, USC drove to the BYU 15 in the final minute, but Bryant came up a yard short on a pass from Dart on fourth and six and turned the ball over on downs with 38 seconds remaining as Caleb Hayes made the tackle. Now, also for BYU, Tyler Algier rushed for 111 yards and a pair of second-quarter touchdowns for the Cougs, who went unbeaten in five games against Pac-12 teams this season. So that was a hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, man, going back, I mean, because essentially BYU is just at large like Notre Dame is, correct? But they are they, right now, but I believe they're going into the Big 12. Okay, but they sure as hell didn't take a weak schedule at all. I mean, theoretically, the teams they played in the pack were pretty strong teams. Says uh, BYU joins the Big 12 in 2023 as scheduled. Mm. So, yep, going to the Big 12. Well, it's a shame because they were good competition as an outside team for the pack, but uh, hopefully we'll get the. No, there's still, there's still that. Yeah, there's still those, those yeah. um, out of conference games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, now for uh, USC beach Jackson, Dart, who got his first start, went 23 of 45 for 248 yards with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Okay. But, Beads, remember, USC did not have a full-time head coach. They just had the interim. Mm-hmm. Well, Beach, on sun- on Saturday, Lincoln Riley, the head coach of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. was asked if he was leaving Oklahoma for LSU, and he said he would not be the new head coach at LSU, which is true. Because on Sunday, Lincoln Riley was named the new head coach at USC. Wow. Yep. So in a stunning move, he accepted the head coach at USPZ. And Riley's only 38. Only 38 and a head coach. That's well, he's been a head how coach. did he do over the, how, And how, did, how, was his, how was his season this year? Well, they, they, well, Beach, over his time at Oklahoma, Riley has guided the Sooners to four consecutive Big 12 titles and three college football playoff appearances in his first four seasons. But now Oklahoma was eliminated from the Big 12 championship game following a 37-33 to loss to Oklahoma State on Saturday. So is USC a more prestigious university to coach out of? He Well, here's what part of it is, Beach. So Riley's departure, it's a big blow to the Sooners because they're uh-huh. leaving the Big 12 along with Texas and moving to the SEC. And you think that was part of the reason? I don't didn't know, want... but I think and it's funny. Dano and I were messaging about this today. I think that's a great hire for USC. I think Lincoln Riley is a hell of a coach. I think it, like Dano said, him getting brought into USC is bad for the Beavs, but good for the Pac-12. Okay. Because it makes USC that much tougher which is mm-hmm. not good for the Beavs, but better for the Pac-12 as a conference. Because it brings because competition brings everybody's game up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just I I would just think that 
going to the SEC would be more prestigious unless you're worried about your ability to win. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Yep. So. so. Now, Riley I, had a 50. 50- I, 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 I hate, though, that kind of crap when you're like, I'm not going to be taking the head coaching job. It just, I, you know, and I, I know they're, they, they have non-disclosure. They probably want to make certain announcements, but well, it just it always hadn't, probably hadn't been signed crap yet. to walk around. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, if Oklahoma was going to play in the um, championship game, he'd probably want to stick around for that. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Now Riley had a 55 and 10 record in five seasons, including a 37 and seven mark in the big 12. Now, interesting here, just side note, former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops, who will be inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame on December 7th, will take on the interim title and coach the Sooners Bowl game. Hmm. This is the Stoops we all know and love? Yeah. Well, no, that's not – this is Bob Stoops. That's not the other Stoops who was the jackass at uh, Arizona. Arizona, okay. So we all got the win there. Mm-hmm. Last up for the games that we picked, Cal at UCLA. And this is the only uh, game where we disagreed. You and uh, Kyle took Cal, and I picked bitch tits. Yep. How'd that work out for me, Billy? Well, be UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson threw three touchdown passes. Zach Charbonnet rushed for 106 yards on another score. And UCLA wrapped up its first eight-win regular season since 2015 on Saturday night with 32 unanswered points against the Golden Bears in a 42-14 win. Kyle Phillips caught two touchdown passes, Greg Dulwich caught another, and Kazmir Allen rushed for a score in the home finale for the Bruins, who completed their first unbeaten November since 1998. UCLA also wrapped up a share of second place in the Pac-12 South for the first time since 2014. Did they tie for with somebody else for, for uh, the South, Arizona State? Um, I was just going to look at this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, for Cal chase Garbers and Christopher books, rush for touchdowns for the bears who have seven losses for the fifth time in the mostly dismal decade since Cal fired coach Jeff Tedford, the winningest coach in school history. Cal officially will miss a bowl game for the eighth time in 12 years. Hmm. So, yep. So, Beach, we were talking about uh, – well, well, we'll talk about the last game, then we'll talk about how the Pac-12 landed. Sound good? Okay. So you yep. got the win there. We did not. I didn't add these up. So there were 74 games total we've picked so far. You missed one. So there were six, so you went 55. Kyle and I missed two, so we're both at 44. I hate you, Kyle. All right, next up, Beach. the last game of the week, Civil War, the game, the rivalry game formerly known as the Civil War, Oregon State at Oregon. This one, Billy, did not turn out the way we wanted it to turn out. No, it did not. Oregon quarterback Anthony Brown Jr. threw for 275 yards and two TDs while running for another score, and Oregon beat Oregon State 38-29 on Saturday to win the Pac-12 North Division and claim a spot in the league's championship game. For Oregon, Devin Williams had six catches for 110 yards and a TD. B.J. Baylor ran for 59 yards for the Beavs, who were bowl eligible for the first time since 2013. But Baylor came in the game leading the Pac-12 and at number 10 in the nation with an average of 
1.1 yards rushing per game. So they kept him 50 yards off his average, although he did score a touchdown. Now, Oregon State's Chance Nolan threw for career-high 308 yards and a pair of touchdowns. He ran for another score in the Wani moments. Travis Dye rushed for a 20-yard touchdown in Oregon's opening drive, and the Ducks doubled the lead on Brown's 50-yard scoring pass to Devin Williams. Oregon State's Everett Hayes kicked a 38-yard field goal for the Beavs just before the end of the first quarter. Oregon padded its lead with a 36-yard field goal from Camden Lewis, while Brown added a 10-yard keeper to make it 24-3 Ducks at halftime. Now, Nolan hit Luke Musgrave with a 4-yard scoring pass, narrowing the lead to 24-9 after a failed 2-point conversion attempt. Now, Musgrave finished with 7 catches for 84 yards. uh, Excuse me, 7 catches for 85 yards, which were both uh, career highs. And I think that'll be good for the future for Musgrave. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he was he, he wasn't used a lot this season, but it never really came into play. And I think, you know, what we saw on Saturday, we'll see more of in possibly in the bowl game and next season. Now, Brown found Chris Hudson with a seven yard scoring pass early in the fourth quarter to extend Oregon's lead. But Baylor scored on a four yard run to make it 31 to 15 after another failed two point try. But the Beavers recovered an onside kick, and on the ensuing drive, Nolan found Trevon Bradford with a 15-yard scoring pass to make it a 10-point game with 8.28 to go. But then Oregon answered with Dye's one-yard TD run. Now, Chance Nolan did score on a late one-yard touchdown run that gave the final margin of victory. But by that time, the game was getting chippy with several shoving matches breaking out throughout. There was also a personal foul, unnecessary roughness on Oregon's uh, Kayvon Thibodeau for throwing Trey Lowe out of bounds. There was also a possible another one that should have been called on an Oregon player on the other sideline a little bit later. There was that infamous no targeting call. The infamous no targeting call, exactly. And there was also um, on Nolan's touchdown run, on Oregon State's touchdown uh, run by Nolan, Anthony Gould was tied up in a in a scrum with an Oregon DB. And I've watched it several times on replay. It looks mm-hmm. like the Oregon DB comes up and just gives Gould a shot. Um, mm-hmm. When basically the play was on the other side, Gould didn't like it. They started tussling. They actually went all the way across the formation, fell down the end zone, started started scrapping another Oregon player got up into it. Gould grabbed the one player's helmet. The other guy ripped Gould's helmet off. And that's when Trayshawn Harrison came in from in from behind and clocked that dude in the back and, and knocked him <laughs> off. What was going on now? Trayshawn mm-hmm. Harrison was ejected for it, but Oregon got a penalty because like half their team came off the bench and were out on the field looking to get into what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I bet Oregon state was still pissed from last year when those goddamn dirty ducks hurt Tristan Jebbia's leg. Remember at the end of the game? That's why Chance Nolan had to come in and score the game-winning touchdown. And Jebbia still hasn't seen the field since then. Yeah. Freaking pieces of crap. Goddamn dirty ducks. Will, and I still – every angle on that targeting, every angle that they showed on the big screen, Mm-hmm. Everybody I talked to who watched it on TV said that was targeting. I, and I mean, we, we've had others during the season 
that they were they called it targeting and you're like going yeah it was like a shoulder pad hit yeah you know that wasn't on the head that was a shoulder pad hit and they would get they got kicked out for targeting you're like going okay and then this one looked like it was directly in the air hole of the helmet yeah the guy led with his helmet all of he's a defenseless player all of the the check marks are are able to be all the boxes are able to be check marked on on uh, that being targeting yeah. And they waved it off. I, I don't understand. Like, are, because are you trying are you trying to make it so that they they're they don't lose their player for the Pac twelve championship game? Because that's the only thing that I could see that would make you want to not call that that penalty. I because yes, he was over the guy's shoulder, but his helmet made contact with with uh I can't remember who was hit. Do you remember who was hitting that play? I I I can't remember who. It I can't was. remember either. But it but he made contact with with him right in the helmet, right in the ear hole. Yeah, it's like you know, I you know I hate one of the things that I I can't stand. Um, one reason why I hate ice skating is because it's so subjective, right? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 judge the ref however you want to call it has too much ability to to make it subjective as far as how they score and it seems to me like this targeting thing is incredibly subjective when it shouldn't be yeah i i just i don't understand what is targeting what isn't anymore yeah i mean i understand you want to try to mitigate injuries but if you're not going to penalize if there's no penalty for it for some people and not, and there are for others how are you solving that problem? So I, and again, they showed about three different angles inside Otson. And then a couple of people that I talked to uh, texting while I was in Otson, they're all like, dude, that was so targeting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Apparently on television, they got different angles on there. I think they got different angles because they got different cameramen than what's in the house. Yeah. But it looks sounds like they had the same angles that, for the most part that we did that all showed that it was targeting. I agree. I just, just, just freaking irritates the hell out of me. And, and I think what makes me more angry is the fact that they don't get punished for the second half of their next game, which they should be. Yeah. So, but anyway, it is what it is. What do you expect? Bunch of venereal disease carrying sons of bitches. Well, so. beach. So now that all, well, there's actually still one game left in the regular season for the Pac-12. Oh, yep. is there a makeup game? Uh, yeah, USC still has to play Cal, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. But those games won't change where the standings are. Okay. So right now, uh, so this is how it fell out. So uh, in the South, Utah came in first at eight and one. Arizona State six and three. UCLA at six and three. USC three and five. Colorado three and six. Arizona one and eight. And in the North, you had Oregon at seven and two. Washington State six and three. Oregon State five and four. Cal three and five. Washington three and six. And Stanford at two and seven. All right. So that's where everybody ended up. So what's the Pac-12 standing straight up, not north and south, but overall? Overall? Um, yeah. Utah. Uh-huh. 
Oregon. Okay. And then you have a three-way tie between Washington State, Arizona State, UCLA. I think Washington State beat Arizona State. I'm not sure how the UCLA would fall in there. So you've got those three mm-hmm. tied for second or tied for third, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Oregon State at five and four. So the Bees ended up in the top half of the Pac-12. Better than poking the eye with a sharp stick. Yep. Especially considering you're expected to land at number 11 or 12. Yep. And so it, I've seen some people ask about how the uh, how the bowl games work. Right? And we don't know anything until next we, week. We won't know until next week. So there are six bowl games associated with the Pac-12. And it's in this order. The Rose, the Alamo, the Vegas, the Holiday, the Sun, and the L.A. Bowl. So the Vegas Bowl is has moved actually, up. yeah, yeah, because that used to used be the, to the holiday, holiday used to be num- holiday used to be number two. Yeah, that's what I thought, but yeah. that was before we had a Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, it used to be the Rose and the Holiday. So, but yeah, so that's that's how they go: the Rose, Alamo, Vegas, Holiday, Sun, and LA Bowl. So, the winner of the Pac-12, whoever wins that game, will go to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. So then, either Oregon or Utah, the loser, will go to the Alamo Bowl. Okay. okay. Now, this is the way I have it figured out. This, So I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this is right. Now, the Holiday in Vegas, which are the next two, can pick the top two teams that are left within a one-loss radius, meaning they have to take the third and fourth best teams, which are Washington State, UCLA, and Arizona State, all tied at 6-3 and three in the conference. But if they want, they can take the 5-4 and four Beavs since it's one-game difference. Okay. But only Holiday and Vegas can use that one game difference rule. Okay. Okay. If Vegas and Holiday doesn't pick the Beavs, then they could pick any of those two of those other three teams. Mm-hmm. Right? Then the last of those three has to go to the Sun Bowl. Okay. So and then the Sun Bowl's out of the question for the Beavs because the Sun Bowl and the LA Bowl cannot pick within the one game radius. They have to go within pecking order. Right. Okay. So the L- the L- LA Bowl. Yeah. It's played at okay. that new, I think, SoFi Stadium in LA. It's actually like okay. the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. It's like oh. the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. But this this is the replacement for the San Francisco Bowl. I think so. So essentially, it replaced the Emerald Bowl. Let's see the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, pre- uh, presented by Stiffle at SoFi Stadium. I don't know what stiffle is. That's what I get when I see a cute chick. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this was announced. Uh, so on Wednesday, Jimmy Kimmel to rename the bowl game the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. So it was entered into an unprecedented multi-year partnership to appoint the late night host the official naming rights of the LA Bowl, renaming the inaugural Collegiate Bowl. So that's the inaugural LA Bowl. So they no longer okay. have that. Um, the, the Emerald Bowl. Yeah. Which is essentially the San Francisco Bowl. Yep. Now that um, that plays the Mountain West's number one team. So that could be a that could be that could be like San Diego State. So so our choice is either by luck if they want us, Las Vegas, or Holiday, and then if they don't want us by default, L.A. 
Correct. Okay. Those are the, the three options. Correct. And most likely it looks like the LA Bowl, unless we get that option where they choose to pick the Beavs because of one reason or another. Correct. Because there's only six bowl eligible Pac-12 teams this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okie doke. Well, right, at least, least we know where we're at least we know kind, kind of, of where we're going. We're yeah. going, going. San Diego, Vegas, or LA. Yep. Now Beach, uh Pac twelve in the polls. It's a bleak again. Oregon State moved up one spot to number ten in the AP poll. I mean, excuse me, Oregon moved up one spot to number ten in the AP poll. And Utah moved up two spots to number fourteen. I do not understand why Utah is below or is worse than Oregon. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Now, in the coaches' poll, number 10, Oregon moved up a spot, and Utah moved up two spots to number 17, while UCLA is in the others receiving votes category. Chip Kelly votes for himself because he's an arrogant prick. Probably. Now, Beach, uh, in the playoff bowl, in the playoff picture, now this will obviously, people listen to this on Tuesday during the day. The new playoff poll will come out Tuesday evening. But right now, it's uh, from, from one down, it goes Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Cincinnati as the top four, then Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. <coughs> now, we know Michigan beat Ohio State, so they're going to fall out. Okay. Cincy went undefeated. They're done, which I understand they're not in a Power 5 conference, but they're 12-0. They beat Notre Dame. They should be up there. Okay. Right? So you'd figure Michigan should place Ohio State in that pecking order some way. I don't know how it'll fall out, you know, three, two, three, four, but figure you have Alabama, Cincy, and Michigan in those top next three spots. Mm-hmm. But Georgia has to play Alabama this week. Hmm. Yeah. And Michigan also has to play in the Big Ten championship game. Hmm. So Georgia, Alabama. I again, I'm still not a big fan overall. I I used to like the idea of a national champion, but at this point, I'd rather just see conference champions, and then I'd like to see top of each conference play a different conference and prove, you know, because because the the national championship, uh, again, too subjective. It's just a bunch of BS, just so somebody can claim victory, and it doesn't mean a damn thing. Well, Beach, that leads us into this week's Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being the fan. And this week, Beach, it's this whole bullshit college football playoff. <laughs> wow. I called it. Yes, Beach, you did. Because you never know. I'm the one that picks the jackass of the week. And yeah, we... You never know what I'm going to do, and that's what it is. I, I, I never know what the hell's going on when I do this. I just talk to you and BS for an hour. Exactly. Beach, so. <laughs> so imagine this. This coming Saturday, Alabama loses a heartbreaker on Saturday, right? It makes Georgia sweat, okay. taking a lead deep into the third or fourth quarter, nearly handing the powerhouse Bulldogs their first loss, right? Okay. But then in the postgame press conferences, both Alabama coach Nick Saban and Georgia coach Kirby Smart say the Crimson Tide prove that they were one of the four best teams in the country, if not number two. What does the playoff, the college football playoff committee do? 
right? Because Alabama already has one loss. Does it buck mm-hmm. history and invite a two-loss team for the first time? Does it pass on the big brand that is Alabama and likely Heisman Trophy winner and quarterback Bryce Young? The biggest storyline entering this final week of the season, Beach, revolves around Cincinnati and Oklahoma State for that last playoff spot. Hmm. Both teams are favorites for the respective conference titles. Cincinnati meets Houston, and Oklahoma State faces Baylor. But Alabama's role in all of this is intriguing because of the decision the committee could face. There's always been this argument, Beach, when it comes to the playoff of what is important, uh, resume or the eye test. Now, the committee has gone mm-hmm. different ways depending on the year. The historically strongest programs tend to get the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Now, Alabama this season has two wins over teams ranked by the committee, number nine Ole Miss and number 25 Arkansas, and owns six victories over teams above 500. But it has failed to show, quote, game control in recent weeks. A popular phrase of the committee's, beating its last three conference opponents, Arkansas, Auburn, and LSU, by a combined 15 points. Mm. But by playing Georgia close, it could prove it's an elite team. But now we could get some unexpected results, Beach. It's possible Michigan, Oklahoma State, or Cincinnati could lose. And more than one could lose, right? Or Alabama could get blown out by Georgia, or it could pull an upset. But there's the real possibility if everything holds in these conference title games and Alabama's seventh-ranked passing attack presents problems for Georgia because Georgia hasn't seen an offense anything like Crimson Tides this year. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be this decision, was it going to be a better team or a better resume? And this just proves my point. This whole thing is bullshit. It's all bullshit. Well, my complaint is if you start on the outside, you can't win your way to the top. I mean, Cincinnati has barely done it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just, I can't stand this. It's all crap. It's and all where, subjective where crap. Where did Cincinnati start out at? Where was where they were they... never ranked? Really? At all? Huh? No, they were unranked entering the season. And you have to play perfect, and even then, you still might get overlooked. Yeah, and I, I just, I. We don't need to know. My thing is, they already play twelve. They play twelve games. Mm-hmm. Thirteen if you've got a conference championship. Mm-hmm. Plus two with this stupid, convoluted bullshit playoff yeah. thing they've got now. That's fifteen yep. games. Yep. You're not going to have enough of a team left to keep playing more. You're also mm-hmm. not going to cut games out because there's. What, 128 teams in football? And even if you expand the, the playoff out, there's going to be 120-some of them or 110 that don't want to lose extra games because that's mm-hmm. revenue. And people have to understand in Division One college athletics, football is the money engine. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to happen. And for me, there's nothing better than New Year's Day watching the number one team from the Big 10 play the number one team from the Pac-12. Yep. And it just goes to show this whole thing is bullshit. And quite frankly, I hope it becomes a mess. I hope Alabama barely loses to Georgia. I hope it's a hard fought game. I hope, I hope Michigan wins. 
I hope Cincinnati wins. I hope Oklahoma State wins and just makes it a big old cluster mess. You train wreck. You just want to see a train wreck. I love chaos, and that's what I want to see. Yep, it'll be beautiful. Because it'll just My prove. My God, it'll be beautiful. It'll just prove that the whole college football playoff is this week's. Jackass of the week. I was looking Good for times. something that stuck out for me, and then I kept I kept looking at all these things and all these scenarios. I went, "This is just stupid. It's dumb." And huh. as much as I like ESPN, I hate ESPN because they're the ones that have fed into this bullshit. Hmm. All right, now Beach, okay. let's go to something a little more fun. This week's musical, musical interlude? interlude. Yes, and it's Sweet. my pick. It's my pick. Yes, it. Yes, what did you pick? Well, Beach. I picked a song that was re- first recorded in 1973 by the British band Argent. This song didn't come out in 1991, did it? I didn't say this song didn't come out in 1991. I said this song was first recorded, written and recorded by the British band Argent in 1973. Uh-huh. It was covered in 1991 with modified lyrics. I didn't realize it was it was redone in 1991 uh, because it came out with uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, correct? In 1991. Is that I didn't realize that that they wrote that song. I always thought the song was a couple of years older than that. I didn't realize that the song was released the same year as the movie came out. Well, it was released on the soundtrack in 1991. Okay, okay. So, Did it come out before that? This song, well, this the original recording of the song by Argent. Um, reached number 18 in the United Kingdom in 1973 and number 114 in the U.S. And what song is it, it Beach? It is uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2. Well, the first one, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, but it was redone by Kiss. Yes. With better lyrics yes. because the other first one was like jumping in trees and weird stuff. I can't remember. Well, the first one was actually written about um, a... I was just looking him up. Was written about. God gave rock and roll to you. Okay, so rock and roll to you. Gone. So the original one was written about British rocker who had be who was becoming very Christian. Okay. And so it was it was an ode to him. It wasn't making fun of him, but it was. Um, that that's what the the lyrics are about, basically being a, a a good Christian. Oh, and that's why the song is "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." Correct, correct. Okay, now, okay, gotcha. Now the band the the song was covered by Kiss and retitled "God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2 with I I Roman numerals. It mm-hmm. was released as a single in 1991 from the soundtrack to the movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The song was then later included on Kiss's 1992 album, Revenge. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, it had substantially modified lyrics in the verses from the original. That's the reason why they changed the name of the song. It's also one of the few songs from Kiss's non-makeup era to be played live since the band returned to wearing their trademark makeup in 1996. Hmm. The song was also the last... Kiss song to feature longtime drummer Eric Carr before his death three months after its release as a single. 
Now, although Carr was too ill to play drums on the track, um, the drums were actually played by Eric Singer, who would on would go on to become Kiss's full-time drummer following Carr's death. Carr did uh, provide backing vocals during the acapella break, singing the repeated line, to everyone he gave a song to be sung. As, mm. as well as he performed drums during the video for the song. Kind of a fitting tribute for his last song with Kiss. Well, so he had lost all his hair from his chemotherapy treatments, and he wore a wig during the video. Now, the uh, the Gene Simmons uh, did say during a special that aired in uh, on VH1 that, quote, it's not just a cover song for a soundtrack, but a testament to Eric Carr. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Huh. Yep. Now the song topped at number 21 on the U.S. mainstream rock chart, and it also is one of the uh, first song to feature Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley sharing lead vocals since the song "I" from 1981. Did not realize that, but they do switch. They do switch off on that one. Yeah. You know, um, I, and and going back to Eric Carr real quick, I always loved his version of Beth uh, best. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, he he did a I don't know if you call it a cover, but a a redo of Beth since Kiss wrote the song. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think his was very uh, much better than uh, who sang the original one. Was it Ace? No, it was uh, Peter Chris. Peter Chris, yeah, I think his was much better version than Peter Chris's. Yep. So, now but, with yeah. um with their cover of the song, Kiss did slow down the original, which basically is how. Uh, the original writer of the song, Russ Ballard, had intended it to be played. Hmm. Yeah. Now, but, but Russ Ballard said, you know, he didn't mind. He actually likes Kiss' version of the song better than the Argent version because mm-hmm. they slowed it down. And he didn't really, he, he really liked the lyrics that were changed, um, that Kiss changed. He liked how, how, it, how, it, how it turned out. Yeah. yeah. And he also says that you know, he really likes the version of it, and all the royalties he got off that song is probably bought him a house. <laughs> That's awesome. So he doesn't mind. <laughs> so here, for everyone's enjoyment, from the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack is Kiss with God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2.
It's just a great song, Beach. You, you, you know, I cool. still remember after we watched uh, Bogus Journey. Did we watch that at the Town Theater in Hillsboro? Uh, I don't re- No, I think we might have watched it at, uh, West, at West the Gate? Westgate because we went to Tower Records Tower afterwards. Tower Records and right, the, right afterwards to buy that, yeah. to buy that yeah. soundtrack because of that song. Yeah, exactly. Because the, 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 movie, the movie ends on that song, I believe. Yeah, no, there's a montage with it. And actually in the movie – there is uh-huh. a uh, guitar solo included in that song that actually uh-huh. isn't in the Kiss version. 
It's actually a, a guitar solo by Steve Vai. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of added in the middle of it. Yeah, he, it was actually included on an album of his. Huh. All right, Beach. The, the 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 whole song itself plus that guitar solo. No, just, just the guitar, guitar solo. Huh. Just Interesting. Solo. All right. Okay. All right, Beach. Let's move on to the championship week preview for the Pac-12. Now there okay. are two games. First up is the championship game on December 3rd. The championship game on December 3rd. I'm going to open up Kyle's email here. Okay. Down in Sin City. Yep. Las Vegas. Should we should we do a point spread as well on this? This might be kind of fun. Okay. And if we do a point spread, how about that is your points? What do you mean? So, so you you pick your spread, okay? Well, we'd have to do kind of a reverse on this. But like, let's say you pick uh, Oregon by three, right? But let's say Utah wins by fourteen. Okay, so then we then you lose that. Seven, you lose that. You lose seventeen. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll have to get that number from because because this one will make it more interesting, right? Okay. You see what I'm saying? Because right right now I'm I'm so far ahead that it doesn't matter. So this this one makes it so this one's for all the marbles. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure how exactly this is going to work, but well, I'm willing. Work. We'll figure out the math. Okay. I'm, I'm willing. I I say Utah by 15. Okay. So B just going Utah. Plus 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Kyle just says Ducks win, which sucks. What are you up by on me? Oh, so who's ever closest? Like if I pick Utah, mm-hmm. who's ever closest, then then I get the I get the points. Uh, you, well, you would. So if Utah wins by 15 then I don't lose any points. Okay. If, what if I pick Utah by three and that's, and they, and they, and they win by four. So would you lose nine points? You would lose one point and I would lose nine points. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Utah by four. Utah by four. Yeah, I don't know how this will work, but whatever. Okay. okay. All right. Might not, and, might not win, but it brings us closer. It makes yeah, it I, don't, I don't know how this is going to work, but whatever. All right. Uh, okay. Next up, Beach. <laughs> oh, our listeners are probably going, Beach, I don't think this is going to work how you think it's going to work, but whatever. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know either. I don't but know it, either. I, I'm just saying, let's just put point spread on it. That just didn't matter. I think, I think Utah by 15. I, oh, I, hell, I hope it's Utah by 35. All right, Beach. Utah. Up next, Saturday, December 4th, the final Pac-12 game of the week or of the year. USC at Cal. USC at Cal. Ooh, such a good game. Not um, USC. Nah, Cal. At Cal? Yeah. At Cal. I'm going to take USC. I think the new the new coach, even though he won't be there, I think it will energize that team. <laughs> like, here we got a coach. Yay. Yeah. So, anyways, so there we go. Okay. All right, Beach. Before we who finish, did, up, who did Kyle pick? Who did Kyle pick? 
Kyle took uh, Cal. Okay. All right, Beach, before we finish show number 173, do you want to avail us of another – oh, it's the pumpkin patch date. This so So this was actually the best date I ever had. Okay. And, and the girl I took, I was absolutely in love with. So it it was, it was awesome. She was a a gal when, when I was working one night at, uh, at, um, the Disney store, uh, she came in to, to return some stuff or something. We had a problem with the registers. And so we told her to come back a little bit later once we had something figured out. So I was just trying to entertain her while, while we were trying to get the registers to work correctly. And she was heading down to Disneyland the next couple, like in the next day or two. And so I'm just BSing with her. She's a cute gal. Didn't think anything of it, but I'm a heck of a nice guy. And and so when we're talking about Disneyland, I said, Hey, you know, if you want, you know, here's my phone number. If I can be your personal concierge and answer any questions you have while you're down there, let me know. I'll be happy to hook you up with a lot of stuff. And she's like, okay. And I didn't think anything of it. And the day she was down there, was the day we had the amazing tailgater up at the Slumlord House in oh, Washington. Okay, yeah, that, was, that? that was a great tailgater, yeah. Great tailgater at the Slum House, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you probably didn't even know I walked away. So because we that was like 120 cheese. That was the first time we did over 100 cheesesteaks. Uh, that was that was a busy day. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, um, my phone rings and it's her. And so she calls me up and she's like, Hey, I'm down here with my two girlfriends and, and they're still both in bed and I want to go to the parks. And, and so she goes, I figured I'd give you a call. And so we have a great conversation. Gal's just amazing. Right. I, I, you know, like I said, didn't even anticipate her ever calling me. I just, or if she did, I was just going to hook her up with, you know, maybe make a reservation here, make a reservation there. And so we have this great conversation and I said, Hey, when you get back, can I take you out? And she's like, okay. And I said, okay. I said, when you get back, I'll give you a call. And, and I said, well, we'll schedule a date where I can, I can take you, take you out. So she comes, she comes back. We talk on the phone, whatnot. And I said, okay, we're going to put a date together. I said, I want you from open to close. I said, like probably seven, eight o'clock in the morning until like 10 or 12 o'clock at night. Can I have you for a full day? And she's like, okay. I'm like, awesome. So got a full day. So I got to fill it up. So I'm like, one of the things that I was wanting to do was that tree to tree adventure uh or not tree to tree um it's a is a tree to tree tree to tree zipline course yeah uh, over by hag lake okay so i'm like okay well we'll we'll put that as the as the number one thing on the list and and so we'll plan a breakfast so i'll find a breakfast like somewhere out in forest grove that's kind of unique and different you know and then we'll go over there and then uh we'll run by and and grab something for and I'm putting this in my mind. She doesn't know any of this, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm putting this in together in my mind, and I'm like, okay, uh, we'll just grab a quick fast food for lunch, and then we're gonna go over to uh, Lakeview Farms. This was October, and we're gonna go over to Lakeview Farms uh, to go get pumpkins. And if you don't know where Lakeview Farms is, it's over in, in North Plains, not too far from where the Little People Big World one is, uh, where the Olafs is it Olafs? Roloffs. Roll off. Sorry. Thinking of the snowman from LL <laughs> from frozen. Anyway, the roll off farm, but I actually like the, the lake views closed now, but they, it was a little farm out there. They had a lake 
and you would take a train out on one end to go to the pumpkin patch to pick your pumpkin, and then you could hop on a boat to go across the lake, which had a really bad animatronic shark and a really bad animatronic dragon that came out of the water when you were taking the boat back across to go pay for your pumpkin. Really cool little place, you know, for a pumpkin patch. And so then I'm thinking, okay, we do the pumpkin patch. And then during our conversation uh, on the phone, she told me that she liked uh, old music or old movies, like, like classics, like Gone with the Wind and stuff. Well, the, um, what is it? Uh, the Venetian, which used to be the town theater in Hillsboro, which was converted to a kind of a classic theater and Italian restaurant, had opened up maybe a year before. And they were playing Gone with the Wind that night. And so I'm like, okay, but we're going to be scuzzy dirty from being in the doing the zip lines and then doing the pumpkin patch. We need to somehow clean up and then go to a movie and do Italian for dinner. And so anyway, so I call her up. I'm like, hey, my plan is we're going to need to make a we're going to need to do a change. We're probably going to need a shower. I said, you OK, coming back to my house, we'll both quickly run through the shower and then we can dress and go out for the sec the third part of the date. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, sweet. I'm like, cool. So I don't, I give her hints of each thing we're going to do. So I'm like, okay, there's, there's three things. And I said, the first is a tree. Uh, the second is a lake. I think, I think is what I said. And then the third, um, I can't remember what I, I did with the third, whatever, just give her hints, but I wouldn't tell her what it was. She actually guessed the tree to tree. But when I picked her up in the morning, so I go over there, it was like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. I had little goodie bags made for each stage of the date, right? So I had a little bag that she'd open up for the first one, and it had like hand sanitizer and band-aids and, you know, because we probably hurt ourselves <laughs> doing this thing. And, and I can't remember what else I put in there, but kind of themed for that. And then on the second thing, I think it was just like a pumpkin carving kit is what was on for the second the second little gift bag that she was going to open up that would introduce us to the next stage of the date. And then the final stage of the date, I had like uh, um, uh, tissues and, uh, you know, because you're going to cry during the movie. And I think breath mints because we're going to get Italian food and stuff. And I, there might have been some other stuff in there too. I can't remember, but, you know, just, just something trivial. So anyway, pick her up at 8 o'clock. We, we have a great breakfast. We go out. We're having – I mean – this girl was amazing. Um, totally in love with this girl. And, and we, I remember when we were out at the pumpkin patch, she told me the story of how she uh, tried to meet Johnny Depp one time. And Johnny Depp actually called her on the phone. Uh, she, she went to Johnny Depp's house. She wasn't allowed in really? but his bodyguard. Yeah. But his bodyguard stopped. She went in and she's like, you know, it's my birthday and I'm down here with my mom. And we we're, she, she went to Beverly Hills for a shopping trip. Um, with her mom on her, I think it was, it might've been her 21st birthday and maybe it was her 18th. I can't remember, but she, she wanted to meet Johnny Depp. They go to her, his house and his bodyguard says, you know, Hey, you know, Johnny's not here right now, but you know, give me your number and I'll see what I can do. And so I think it was like two weeks later, her phone rings and she doesn't recognize the number. And, and this guy says, is this Natalie? And she's like, yeah, she's like, who's this? And he's like, I think you know who this is. And, and he's in, it was him and he wished her a happy birthday and stuff. That's awesome. He's like, yeah. She's like, do you see the number on the caller ID? And she's like, yeah. She's like, she's like, well, this is my, this is my, my, like my bodyguards or my, my assistant's phone number that I'm calling you on. But you know, next time you're in town, you give me a call and I'll be happy to see you. 
So anyway, and I hear Johnny Depp is a really cool guy anyway. So it's, but anyway, so we, we, we did the tree to tree, which was freaking awesome. Nobody got hurt. Uh, we just drove through McDonald's for a quick bite to eat. We, we did the, the pumpkin patch, which was awesome. We've run back to my house. We, we both run through the showers, get cleaned up. And then we head out to, uh, the Venetian. We order some Italian. We go watch the gone with the wind. And then afterwards, when we were at my house, she saw that I had my back to the future poster. And she's like, I've never seen Back to the Future. I'm like, oh, my God, how can you not see Back to the Future, especially since this is like the theme of my, you know, my, my vineyard now. And uh, and uh, yeah, for people who don't know, the reason why my my vineyard is called Twin Pines Vineyard is it's a reference to uh, the Twin Pines that old man Peabody had when Marty went back in time to 1955 and he crashed into the barn. That was old man Peabody's barn and which ultimately turned from Twin Pines Farm to Twin Pines Mall, which after Marty went back in time, he took out one of the pines, became Lone Pine Mall. Uh, sorry for the sidetrack there. But anyway, so so then we end up going back to my house. I mean, this is getting pretty late in the evening. We go back to my house, and we watch Back to the Future, and then I take her back to her house pretty late at night. And uh, anyway, she was phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, so one, uh, one, yeah, wished it would have turned out different. But uh, anyway, is this Natalie, so, Natalie? Yeah. Yeah. Natalie that I yeah. know. Yes. Oh, so, okay. So, and I mean, I did tons of crap with her over the next few years, but uh, I mean, she, she called me up one time and she was lonely when she was living in Missouri. So I literally flew out there so that we went to Branson, Missouri together. We saw a bunch of shows. We went to silver dollar city. We went through the mine of silver dollar city. Um, she called me one time, one of my best ones, she called me up and she, she just, I don't know why. I think she called me or texted me and she's like, boy, I could use a, um, a, uh, um, I think it was a mint Oreo blizzard right now. It just sounds good. And I'm like, okay, you know, and, and, you know, here I'm in Oregon. She, I think she was still living in Missouri at the time. So, and it would have been earlier in the morning. So I ended up calling, never talked to anybody in her office before. I only ever her phone number, but I knew where she worked. I called up the gal on the phone at her office. I said, okay. I said, this is Brian. I'm a friend of Natalie's. I said, how many people work in your office? And she's like 20 some people. And I'm like, okay. I said, um, I said, uh, I need your help. I said, uh, give me your closest dairy queen to your store, to your location. So she gives me the phone number. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to try to buy blizzards for everybody in your office. And I said, I'm just buy smalls, but I want a large to go to her. And she's like, okay. And I said, okay, what flavor do you like? And I think she told me whatever flavor she liked, right? But I didn't realize this at the time. Still don't understand it because I can't stand Oreos, but Oreos are the number one blizzards out there. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They like 90% of the people who buy blizzards buy Oreo. That's why when you go to McDonald's and you get a McFlurry, which is a blizzard knockoff, like nine times out of ton, all they have is Oreo. I'm I like, know. I'm like, why, why can't you have other crushed up candy other than just freaking Oreo? I hate Oreos. Anyway, um, so I, she gives me the number for Dairy Queen. I call the Dairy Queen up. This is before the day of Uber Eats and crap. And I call the Dairy Queen up and I'm like, okay, I need to order like 25 uh, blizzards. Can you guys make them? And would you be kind enough? I said, I'll pay you. Would you deliver them to this store for me? To this, to, she worked in a, a magazine uh, office. And they're like, that's totally cool. And yes, we will. I said, okay, here's my credit card. 
do it. And so anyway, so she's in a meeting and everybody is walking around with all these blizzards <laughs> in front of the door and stuff while she's in the meeting. And all of a sudden she comes out and she goes, yeah, friend Brian, you know, bought us all blizzards. So anyway, that was an awesome time. But anyway, she, uh, so Billy, what, what is the one thing in life that I cannot stand somebody to do to me? Say no. Well, that's one thing, but what, what pisses me off? Don't freaking lie. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't stand somebody to lie to me. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what ruined it there. Oh. So, yeah. Would there have been, she, would yeah, there, would I, there have I, been I, more if she didn't lie? Uh, I would have liked if there have been, okay. but you, you know, when you not I, talk to her anymore, I, I, uh, I text her once a year on her birthday, oh. just say happy birthday. That's all I do. So I, and like I said, I, I, I was crazy about her, would have done anything, but, uh, we, we went, I invited her to go back to Washington DC with me. And that, that kind of was the turning point because she just, I don't know if she thought I was stupid or what, but it's like, don't lie to me, you know? Mm. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so there was my story. So one of my best dates I ever planned. Mm. Wasn't, wasn't Paris, wasn't Tokyo. Um, but I think for uh, a full day date, and, and again, that's, that's a date that I like, you know, I, I don't, you know, if we're going to do something, let's do it and let's do it big. Let's, let's have fun and do some crazy crap all day long. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show number 173 of a link participation. If you'd like to comment, suggest or ask a question, Heinrich tailgater, gmail.com at Heinrich tailgater on Twitter, Heinrich tailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen, subscribe, leave ratings and reviews wherever you listen to it. And Beach. Billy. We had a pretty good time at Autzen. We didn't really talk about that. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's a good time at Autzen. It didn't suck. Let, let's talk about our thoughts about Autzen next week. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the parking lot. Yeah, we'll talk about Autzen next week because we, we, this is a long show, and next week we won't have very much to talk about. Okay, okay, we'll talk about the, the, the evolution of Autzen. All right, or the de-evolution good. of Autzen. Yep. All right. Yep. Until next week, here's a great big... Go Bees! Okay, and you can cut cut out your errors, and you'll just make me look bad. <clears throat> well, Fucker. I'll pull you Fucker. up. So, like, can you hear me right now? Can you hear this? Well, you can hear this. Okay, I can hear you now. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? Oh, I see what you're doing. Can you're you hear this? muting it. Yeah, I'm just gonna mute it when I when I need to cough. So, and then if there's okay. a dead spot, I can I can edit that out. Gotcha. <clears throat> but there's no way I'm going to be able to clear this out. It's just there.
it yeah. goes away and it yeah. comes back and it goes away. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I can't get it to move right now. If I went up and sat in the shower mm-hmm. for 20 minutes, it'd probably clear out. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to do this shit? Uh, yeah, let's do this shits. Sorry, I just screwed this up. Wait, Forrest came into the game happening 2027. Excuse me, the Tavion. I can't say his name now. Use your words, Billy. Use your words. (laughs) Former Oklahoma coach Bob Stooch. Oregon State wide receiver. What's his last? What's his name? Gould. Anthony. All right. This show was going on long. Sorry about that. You know, we what? get along so oh, well. I'm supposed to ask you about. I like beer. 